Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Penny. Uh, it's a real privilege to be with you tonight. And uh, so for me, this, uh, this morning I preached uh, a little bit on the joy of giving. Uh, so tonight I want to follow on with that and just to kind of dive a little bit deeper. So if you were here this morning, uh, then hopefully you were blessed. Uh, but what I want to do is to just recap a little bit at the start. So if you kind of come with me uh, this morning uh, or this evening, um, I just wanted to kind of follow a little bit about, and uh, I'm excited. I, I, I've been reflecting more and more on uh, the, the time that we come to Miracle Offering, and I, I love Miracle Offering. I love, uh, it's funny, kind of right, to think that as you give your money, uh, that there can be real joy in that, <laughs> right? But actually what I've discovered uh, is that there's an incredible blessing as we partner with God. Right, what's happened in my life is I realized that as God invites us into this relationship, this opportunity, that something significant happens in our lives. And I want to kind of share a little bit about that uh, tonight with you. So I hope uh, you just go with me on this. And I, I want to start in Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 in the message. And it says this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others uh, are helped. And, you know, we're really aware of the feelings that we have around giving and, and generosity that some of us, uh, you know, we've kind of been through good circumstances where things, uh, you know, have been taught well or there's stuff that's uh, been built in faith in us as we've given and uh, we've trusted God with our resource. We've seen him move mightily on our behalf. And for other people, some of us might have come from, uh, from different backgrounds, right, where there was this kind of level of expectation, there was this real pressure or there was a sense of coercion and our heart is, is not for that. Right, we, our desire is not that you would go away from this feeling any pressure to give, right? That the opportunity is there, uh, but you know, for some people, maybe we've given and we've found ourselves in a place of debt and we've been like, God, I, I thought I was trusting you in this way, but actually I found myself here and I, I'm kind of reconciling those two things. And uh, you know, sometimes that can cause us not to talk about it. Right, because we're worried that actually, maybe actually, I don't want people to feel uh, coerced. I don't want it to be something where they feel any pressure. But actually, reflecting on it, the more and more I've realized that there's incredible joy in giving. And that if we don't talk about it, uh, you know, we, we, we're kind of missing out uh, on the blessing that it comes for all of us to understand it. And I, I'm grateful that people in my life spoke about it. Right, I'm grateful that over the years I've heard uh, people who've challenged the thoughts that I've had you know, who've encouraged me, who've given me opportunity, who've, uh, who've invited me into an, a space where I can, uh, you know, step out in faith and trust God in different ways. And uh, I want to, uh, just to go to uh, the, the second letter that Paul writes to the Corinthians. We went there this morning, so I'll just follow on with me if you were uh, in the service. And uh, in, the, in this letter, Paul's talking to the Corinthians, right? And he's sharing a story in chapter 8 about the smaller sister churches in the area of Macedonia. And it says this, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 to 5. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testified that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. 
and they, they exceeded our expectations. They gave first of themselves to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. See, this grace of God that Paul's referring to was the grace of giving, this gracious inclination to give that had fallen upon these people and the Macedonian churches. And the grace flowed because they had this primary understanding of the grace that they'd received and the, the relationship with Jesus and their salvation. And so the riches of God, God's grace had been poured out on them and they in turn wanted to pour it out on others. See, out of their difficult circumstances, their joy overflowed in generosity. Paul doesn't specifically refer to what they gave, the amount that they gave, but their joy in giving. The riches that welled over to others wasn't the money, but the joy in what God had done in them. See, the grace of giving is what this passage is about. The word grace, it occurs eight times in chapters eight to nine. And in fact, the grace, word grace occurs five times uh, in the first part of chapter eight, verses one to nine. See, you know, this, get this kind of sense that Paul, he's a little bit uh, like reticent of taking their gift because he knows the situation that they're in. But the people of Macedonia won't be denied because they've understood something. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. See, the Macedonians recognized the incredible joy that came through outworking this grace of generosity. Such is the grace of giving. See, it's not dictated by wealth or ability. In fact, it's got nothing to do with being well off. It's willing it views giving as a privilege, and it's joy, uh, joyously enthusiastic. Verse 5 says this, They exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. See, the root of the grace of generosity was in their response to God. Firstly, with the giving of their lives to God's service, and then recognizing that their resources were a part of that. And I, I talked about this a little bit this morning, but if you think about how they would have been able to exceed Paul's expectations, it's an interesting uh, wording, right? That they didn't have a lot to share. In order to exceed his expectations, it would have taken many of them choosing to join together, bringing what they could. See, as Paul's letter to the Corinthians continues, he highlights a number of key points about this grace of generosity and giving. And I want to follow those with you because I want to invite us on this journey. I think there's incredible privilege that we get to partner with God. And the first point is this. Those who follow Jesus should excel in this grace of giving. Paul continues by encouraging them to develop this gift of generosity. So we, in verse 6, it says this. So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. See, earlier Paul had been talking to Titus uh, to encourage the Corinthians to, uh, to kind of come to a maturity in this area of giving. And they'd pledged some money and they'd given in a previous year, but he's wanting them to continue to be generous. So the Corinthians were a gifted group of people. Many had faith or speech or knowledge or earnestness or love, but they did not excel in this act of grace, giving. 
Despite all their good qualities, uh, Paul's encouraging them to become more mature in their faith. And as Paul uh, compelled the Corinthians to excel in this grace of giving, I believe that there's an invitation for us to do so as well. The second thought is this. Giving is an expression of the love that we have for Jesus. You know, I I love uh, the thought I shared a lot this morning that generosity is not just about finance, right? Using our financial resources, one aspect of generosity, but generosity can look like so many things, right? Generosity can be making a meal for someone. Generosity can be encouraging people with our words. Generosity uh, can be looking out for that person and supporting them, encouraging them, encouraging them to, to go on a journey of forgiveness. Generosity can be extending forgiveness ourselves, right? Generosity can be with our time, giving our lives to something, Paul continues in verse eight, um, in chapter eight, verse eight, and says this: "I'm not saying you must do this, even though the other churches are eager to do this. This is just an opportunity to prove your love is real. See, giving is a part of our worship to God. Proverbs three, verse nine and ten says this: Glorify God with all your wealth, honoring Him with your first fruits, with every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow." And blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. See, again, the Bible highlights as a resu- the joy as a result of, or influence of generosity. My preparation towards Miracle Offering uh, this year has been kind of a, a cool journey, right? I, uh, so I've had a road bike uh, that I uh, used to ride before I had children and uh, sat in the garage in my house, right? And it's kind of come to the point that I realized that actually I was probably not going to ride a kind of thin, tired road bike anymore. And uh, so I sold my road bike. Uh, and I had this little penny fund, right, to start a new little bank account under our kind of thing. And, uh, and I started focusing... On, on all of the things I could do with my newfound riches, right? It wasn't millions of dollars, it was just a, a, just a, a moderate amount, right? But I, I started to think, oh, I like search online, oh, I can buy that. And it, there's no guilt associated with it, right? Because it was like my own little penny fund. I was really excited about it. And uh, after Jono's fasting message, I decided to fast on Tuesday mornings, uh, just um, uh, Tuesday mornings, and I, I chose uh, thinking, okay, God, I'm just going to choose to bring my body into submission, right? I'm just going to choose uh, to go on a journey, and, and so I decided, okay, I'm just going to do right till lunchtime, okay? So I'm just going to start, because if I think too much about it, then I'll put myself off, and I just won't do it, right? So I just decided on Tuesday mornings, I'm going to do that, and you know, I don't know, for some people, going without breakfast is real easy, right? By, by lunchtime, I've got a headache. I'm starting to like slur my speech. Uh, I just don't cope very well uh, without food. Uh, for those of you who know me, you know that that's kind of a central part of my life. But it was incredible the clarity that I got on the first time. And I felt God say, I want you to give your penny fund, your little bike fund to me, right? And I was like, ah, oh, okay, okay. See, I'm not at this stage believing for any significant breakthrough. I'm not believing for specific financial breakthrough. I I don't have a specific pressing need uh, that I'm wanting to see God break through in. In previous years, I've had those, but this year has been different, and I'm really excited about it, right? What has struck me is an incredible humbling thought that God is choosing to invite me to be a part of what he's doing, 
See, he wants to partner with me in outworking the call in Christchurch, his call in Christchurch. And I don't want to think too much of the small thing I'm doing for God, right? But I'm finding joy in reflecting on the fact that I've heard from God and he's given me enough to be generous. See, giving is an expression of the love that we have for Jesus. My third thought is this. God loves willing and cheerful givers. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 to 8 says this, Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. I love that it's not just a financial thing, right? An incredible thing. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. All because God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you'll have more than enough of everything, every moment and in every way. He'll make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. You know, I've been reflecting on that. Because again, Paul refers to this joy in giving. I love the picture of hilarious generosity. In the Aramaic, uh, the the stingy sowers uh, can be translated who the one who sows with a storehouse of seed. This describes describes a farmer who's stingy with his sowing. Since he's a storehouse of seed, he can afford to sow liberally. The NLT puts it like this. Each of you should should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. See, often I think God appreciates our cheerful attitude as we give, but the more I've thought about it, the more I've come to wonder if the instruction to be cheerful is for our benefit. See, there are definitely moments when I see things that I could have bought with my little bike fund, and a fleeting thought of grief passes my mind, right? I was uh, looking at some pants online this week, and they were like 50% off the sale price, and I was like, oh, just be so nice. I would have sent me a text telling me that they were on sale. I was like, oh, that'd be awesome. And then, you know, like there was a sneaky moment where I thought, oh, if I hadn't given that, I could have bought those. But actually, I've got to choose to take captive that thought and remind myself of the joy of giving and the blessing of obedience. See, it's important with a giving and an offering that you've heard from God and choose to step out in obedience to him, not responding to guilt or compulsion. See, this was particularly important if you feel like God's asked you uh, to, to give a painful or, or a sacrificial offering. You know, I, I think a lot about the, the story of Abraham sacrificing Isaac, that he was willing to, to give a son. And, you know, that wouldn't be cool if it was just Abraham's idea, right? <laughs> that actually, uh, you know, that we have to trust that God is inviting us into relationship. See, when we choose to give, we're also choosing to embrace the constraints that giving requires. For Caleb and I, in our giving journey... We felt God asked to give both large and small amounts, right? And it's meant the way that we've had to change the way that we've spent and the life decisions that we've made so that we could fulfill some of those. But what's been incredibly humbling is that each time we've felt this incredible joy in recognizing the blessing that God chooses to partner with us. God loves willing and cheerful givers. 
My fourth thought is that a willingness to be generous in giving makes the gift acceptable. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 10 to 12 says this. So here are my thoughts concerning this matter, and it's in your best interest. Since you have made a good start last year, both in the grace of giving and in your longing to give, you should just finish what you've started. You were so eager in your intentions to give, so go and do it. Finish this act of worship according to your ability to give. For if the intention and the desire are there, the size of the gift doesn't matter. Your gift is fully acceptable to God according to what you have, not what you don't have. See, sometimes we think, oh man, I've only got a little, I I can't give anything. I I don't have enough. And uh, for Pastor uh, John who talked in a sermon a couple of weeks ago that for some of us, the act of spiritual warfare is is not to give in this offering, uh, but to get out of bad debt. Right, for some of us in situations that have gone in the past, actually, uh, the spiritual warfare here is for us to choose uh, to make a decision to, to, to tackle that, right? To come face into it and to decide uh, that we're going uh, to, to get rid of that. But here Paul is encouraging the Corinthians to continue with the intention they've held to give the offering. But it's clear that the size of the gift is not important. It's really important that we steward what we've been given. Sacrificial giving must be responsible. Paul wants the believers to give generously, but not to the extent that those who depend on the givers must go without having their basic needs met. What's important is our obedience and our willingness to trust God. My fifth thought is this, our giving will result in praise and thanksgiving to God. Maybe if the team, you guys can come. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 to 12 says this, This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. You'll be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when you take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. The priestly ministry that you're providing through your offering that not only supplies what is lacking for God's people, it inspires an outpouring of praises and thanksgiving to God himself. See, God gives us resources to use and invest for him. Paul uses the illustration of a seed that should be cultivated to produce more crops. When we invest with what God has given us in his work, he'll provide us with even more to be generous with. And it's important to remember that God gives us much more than just financial resource. See, the fundamental thing that we have to be generous with is time. We trade time for money and we can give money to things. We can give our time directly to things. You know, there's different levels of generosity. Uh, Sometimes it's easy. uh, We can be generous to people who we know will be generous back to us, right? We've got a friend and, uh, you know, buy them a coffee and you're like, later one time they'll be our you a coffee. And, you know, sometimes that's easy, but actually sometimes generosity to the person who can't repay you is another level. See, something incredibly powerful happens when we can give without expectation of return. And I think generosity is a journey encourage you, begin little and often. 
I, I shared a little bit about my testimony this morning. You know, I was incredibly blessed. My uh, family just, uh, you know, taught us the value of generosity. My parents, my dad's not a Christian, but they chose to live their life as people who looked for opportunities to be generous. They invited us and, you know, encouraged us to see our gifts, the things that we could do, not just as examples of ways to, to bless ourselves, but actually as things that we could do to help other people. So we just begin little and often. Maybe you don't have a lot of money. That's okay. You've got so many things you can be generous with. Create a habit. See, tithing, we've been talking about it. It's, it's not generosity. It's something we do in recognition of the fact that what we've got comes from God. We've spoken about tithing briefly over the past few weeks. I just wanted to bring a couple of thoughts. Tithing essentially is bringing the first 10% of your income into the storehouse, which is the church. It's an incredibly important biblical principle. And we encourage that you're, uh, if you're not yet tithing, go on the journey of beginning in that place first. In Malachi 3 verse 10, it says this, bring all of the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do this, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try me, put me to the test. See, I came from a, a little conservative Anglican church and I hadn't ever really heard of the concept of tithing until I was a university student. I remember hearing my first sermon and someone mentioned it and I wasn't really sure and I didn't immediately agree. Right, I'm the daughter of an accountant, so you know, got to think these things through. But I decided to go home and check it out. I encourage you, if you're not yet in the place, go on the journey, right? There's a great e-group series called The Blessed Life. I encourage you, at whatever stage you're at, a really, really good thing. We've got a book about it at church. Just invite you into that place of finding out about it because there's something incredibly powerful when we give back, we acknowledge the fact that all of that we have comes from God and we're just trusting Him. God, I'm giving you what you've asked. And the incredible thing is, as He says, as we give the 10%, that the 90% is blessed. See, giving the tithe is acknowledging that everything that we have uh, comes from God and giving an offering is a way of choosing to be generous with the remainder. Generosity is not a one-off event. It's something that we continually come back to, a habit or a lifestyle, a, a stance of generosity. I've been challenged through my life to think, man, am, am I in a place where, well, well I can't, I'm, I'm ready for an opportunity to be generous. You know, looking for opportunities. And, and sometimes generosity is messy, right? This morning I shared a story about, you know, that moment where you're in the supermarket queue and, and the person, uh, the card declines, right? And you kind of think, oh, oh, okay. And then you just feel this little prompting, like maybe you should help them out, you should pay for their groceries, like the rest of the groceries. And I remember this one moment where I wanted to do that. And the awkward thing was that the guy who was, doing the groceries, didn't understand. He didn't get it. And I was like, and then he had to call the supervisor over and all I'd wanted to do was really discreetly be like, no, I'll just buy those groceries and then I'll buy my groceries. But it was awkward, right? Because sometimes generosity is a bit messy. But we, we've got to not let those moments put us off. I had opportunity to be generous, incredible thought that as uh, we shared at the start, you know, that, that our world gets larger. Right, that we start to see things, that we start to see ways uh, to be able to bless. And it's not just with our, resource, our financial resources, right? We've got time. 
You know, I don't know. When I was a university student, I didn't necessarily think I had time. And then I became a parent and I was working full time, leading youth. And then I thought, man, I have way more time than I thought I did, right? Anyone else? I don't know if you're in that case, right? But all of us have something. All of us have an ability to be generous with encouragement. When was the last time you encouraged somebody? When was the last time you intentionally did something? Maybe you've got a generous scheme plotting in your heart, right? I, I, I love that thought. I had someone this morning I'd forgotten. We, I told a story this morning about putting chocolates in letterboxes, and I had someone text me this morning and be like, ah, oh, I've taken me eight years to work it out, but it was you. I was like, that's awesome, you know? This moment of like realizing, God, that you've given us the capacity to be generous. See, Paul emphasizes the spiritual rewards for those who give generously to God's work. That we shouldn't expect to become wealthy through giving. Right? This is not a give to get message. We don't give because we're, we're trying to convince God to bless us, but we give out of response of what He's done in our lives. See, those who receive our gifts will be helped and will give thanks and praise to God. Isn't that an incredible thought, right? That God uses us, but He gets the glory. Acts 20 verse 35 says this, I've left you an example of how you should serve and take care of those who are weak. For we must always cherish the words of our Lord Jesus who taught, giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. You know, I felt quite emotional preparing for these messages because I started to just reflect back on, on the incredible ways that I, I felt like God's invited me into this journey of, of giving over my life and realizing that so many of those times, like how blessed I was, right? That you could be a part of someone's life that you could, I don't know, do something really simple like babysitting their kids and what a difference it would make in their life. And I'm reminded of the fact that the incredible gift that God chooses to partner with us, right? Like, you know, you think of the, the cattle on a thousand hills, or, you know, like that idea that God could just do whatever he wanted on his own. So why does he choose to use us? Have you thought about that? Right, he could just drop from heaven. He could open a fish's mouth and there would be what they need, right? This, like how like it's happened before in the Bible, but something is in the process of us being involved that changes us. I, I, I've been really challenged last week, Pastor John shared a, a message about the gleaning, about the uh, people who owned the fields in the Bible and they're encouraged to, to leave it, not to take the fullness of everything, but to kind of leave uh, the bits on the outside so that the poor and the widows and the people who couldn't afford things could come and they could take from the field. And I've been really challenged by that. Like, you know, how much do I need? Well, you know, how much can I can I live with it, actually what God is inviting me into this relationship to partner with Him. I got this picture this week, right? So I've got two little boys. And each time it's someone's birthday, we go and we buy a little present. And, and I give it to them to give to somebody else, right? And they're so excited to watch somebody else open the present, right? Have you ever seen a two-year-old give a present to someone else? And, like, they're just bursting. So often they pull the present out before the person's, like, actually had a chance to do that themselves. See, it's often something that they'd love to receive, the incredible joy and generosity. And it made me think, maybe God's like that with us. Maybe He's given us this gift 
the resources that we have, the time, the talents, the abilities. And maybe he's like, go, 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 there's an opportunity. Look, 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 right? Because he knows that as we partner with him, something's going to change in our lives. Something's going to grow. Something's going to bless, you know, that will be blessed. Giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. Right, that's challenged me. God has given us all we have and he invites us to partner with him. Like the Macedonians, our joy and our generosity is a natural response to God's gracious gift to us. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7 and 8 says this, let giving flow freely from your heart, not because of a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more and enough of everything, every moment and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. See, in this miracle offering, there's an opportunity to give, but no obligation. You know, if this is your first time coming to church, we love that you're here, but please don't feel any obligation to give, right? You're a guest. We'd love for you to become a part of our family, but there's no pressure. See, I believe that there's a grace of generosity on us as a church, but we have an opportunity to choose in this new season to step into it. To be a people who look for opportunities to be generous, to respond in obedience and in faith and to trust God. And to allow God to bring us to spiritual maturity in areas of faith, speech, knowledge, love, and generosity. I just want you to stand in this moment. Just going to get the team to just sing, um, just to worship. Cool. You know, I think God gives us opportunities to be generous. Miracle offering is an incredible way because we get to partner with God and what He's doing in, in the church and in the world, and we get to, to be a part of things. I love, you know, that in the past, what we've been able to do, the ability that it's meant, you know, revolution to it. The number of people that are walking around in Christchurch that have heard the gospel because of what's happened on the revolution tour, man, is so encouraging, right? Those seeds that have been planted, you know, we get to partner with it. I couldn't put on the revolution tour by myself. It's not possible. I do not have the talent, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, but actually, we get to come together as a house to be able to do things, to, to impact this city, to impact this nation, to be able to, to bring transformation. I love uh, that right now our church in India is meeting a lead. And as a, a church, we've been able to sow into that. And we don't give, you know, because of specific things, but we know that God is moving through this place that God is bringing hope, that God is bringing transformation. I love that in Tonga, God is revolutionizing a generation of people to see things differently through a school that we've been able to partner with for many years. And what God is doing is inviting us into this journey. But more than that, He's inviting us into a, a journey of uh, generosity in our lives and environments that we go into and work this week in different ways. And I, I want us we sing, maybe just in this moment, you'll be willing to open yourself to God. And as uh, we sing, just let Him speak. Pray that there's an opportunity this week. Maybe it's tonight that you're gonna uh, sow something. Maybe more than that, that there's an opportunity for you in this week to be generous. And just as we do that, let Him stir something in your heart. 
You know that there's an incredible joy that comes when we choose to partner with what God is doing. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.